Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Long Talk here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And we are going to go back into the virtual world. This is a virtual radio station and we're going to talk about virtual sports as well um, with Sean Callahan. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thanks, mate. Now, how does how did you get into sport in the first place? Did, did you, uh, when, what's your first sporting memory? Oh, oh well, that's going back a, uh, that's going back a long way. Um, I guess my first sporting memory is uh, growing up in, in country Victoria, um, probably going down to a local uh, footy club, AFL as your rules, or, or maybe even playing cricket. Um, I was a young leg spin bowler in my teenage years, so they're probably my early early years of uh, of sport. But um, as far as getting into the sports business is concerned, I started uh, Sports Geek, my business, uh, my sports digital agency, uh, eleven years ago. Uh, before that, I was a I was a regular geek. I was a coder and developer um, across multiple industries, but I was a frustrated. Uh, sports fans so i sort of found a found a space in the world of sport in helping sports teams understand the digital space um and understand uh the opportunities that uh, digital offers across social media um and and so for the past you know 11 years or so i've been working on uh, uh club side and leagues and athletes in helping them build out their digital fan bases but uh, from, from an actual sort of playing point of view, did you just, just play at school or did, or did you actually play to any kind of uh, rep level? Or? Um, uh, no, I, no I, didn't, I didn't play at any sort of rep level. Played at school, uh, took a few wickets um, in school cricket, played basketball until, my, uh, until I tore my Achilles in my 30s. Um, uh, but yeah, never, never rose to any, any great heights. So found myself being a sports fan uh, pretty early on. But you talk about say that you're on uh, that, uh, that you found a sports uh, sports geek, but before that you did some sports TV production. Um, you got involved with um, the Bulldogs on uh, doing a bit of TV, uh, doing a bit of online stuff as well. Yep. Um, so the so whilst you might have been a bit of a um, a developer at times, you've 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 been involved in this digital world for for for, for quite a long long time. You're actually one of the probably one of the one of the first people into that kind of. If we're back in '98. I mean, wow, that's. Um, yeah, you, so you, I guess you were I was, early, weren't you? Yeah, I, I was I was dabbling in 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 sport, I guess, um, on a few different things, on some TV projects, 
and a few other few other pieces. And it wasn't until I guess I made the leap to start Sports Geek and sort of started uh, um, evangelising digital. Um, I thought I'd be there sort of playing that same Coda developer role, but uh, the rise of the digital platforms, especially from a social media point of view, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the like, um, I sort of found my found my niche there in helping the sports teams. And in that time, we've seen uh, digital departments around sporting bodies grow and around sporting teams grow and the audiences grow and the opportunities in that space grow. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's where I've sort of found myself and, you know, really proud that I've been help, able to help I guess the sports digital industry overall grow, um, not only here in Australia and New Zealand, but also uh, been able to lucky enough to work and speak at some conferences in the US and, and in the UK. And when we're talking about sports digital, we're talking about real sports um, as in, that, that happens out on the grass, on the pitch, and helping large organisations like NRL teams, AFL, uh, rugby, Correct. cricket, that kind of that that kind of um, um, stuff. So, what about the gaming side of things? Were you, did, did you what, what was what was the first computer game? You remember for me my first one was probably donkey kong was my first one i can remember so it shows you my age no i i remember donkey kong um and i think i probably still got a donkey kong uh device somewhere at, at home um yeah so i guess yeah that's was my early gaming i've never never i won't put my hand up to say i was a massive gamer i played a you know a little bit um over the years but i was never a a, a massive gamer but i guess being in the sports space looking at digital fans and that expansion of how we engage different audiences, uh, the world of sport was constantly looking over its shoulder as, as where the fans were going. Um, and they were looking over at gaming and esports as, you know, is it a threat? Is it an opportunity? You know, the debate of, is it a sport? Those kind of things. I, you know, I, I think it is a sport. If you're watching people uh, perform and compete um, and other people are watching it, I, that to me, that's a sport. Um, and so, that was sort of something over the past, you know, four or five years of sort of been looking at the industry and gaming and esports overall as, you know, is it is it a threat or an opportunity? And I definitely saw it as an opportunity. Yeah, and you're not the only one. Um, let's be honest. Uh, teams teams like say Barcelona have got a FIFA um, esports team as well as a football team, and they also have a basketball team and a few other teams as well. Um, and that's how the sort of European setup is. Uh, the NBA is going down a similar route. I'm not sure if, if I think they were setting up this year, weren't they? With having uh, NBA teams. 2K is actually entering year three. Uh, oh, year so three the, now. Yeah, NBA 2K league. Yeah, so um, a bunch of the teams have got their own NBA 2K team. Um, it sort of runs in conjunction with and sort of has some overlap. Um, you know, there'll be people that watch the NBA play 2K, and then they'll also watch uh, 2K league. So there's, there's uh, so yeah, so it's definitely seen as I say some some people definitely seeing it as an opportunity. Other sports like rugby um, <laughs> have uh, have have been further behind the um, the curve on this one. Even though Augustin Pichet, I mean, even used it as part of his election campaign um, for the chairmanship that he that he came fell up came short against recently. But um, about having even a, d- a digital department in or an innovation department in the actual central um, uh, governance team. Um, have we seen? Have we seen? Uh, have people like FIFA or the the NBA? Do they? I think they don't. They they, they pretty much outsource it, don't they? They don't have an in in house development. Yeah. So um, what we're sort of seeing is, I guess, when we're seeing sports and and esports crossover, there's the sports that have a game that is a simulator or very much like the game that you watch and what you, what you play. So you know that's where FIFA is 
done quite well. FIFA is a popular popular video game. NBA 2K is a popular video game amongst the fans. Um, definitely in motorsport, uh, a lot of the motorsport, um, whether it's the full sim racing um, or, or the arcade style games, um, they translate very well and translate very well with the, the audience of that, of that sport. Um, but there are sports that, that don't have popular, uh, don't have games um, that can effectively replicate uh, the game. Um, and they're the ones that are, you know, I guess trying to figure out how they enter this space of gaming and esports. And what we have seen is um, some sports jump in to other other titles, whether they be League of Legends, Call of Duty, Overwatch, those kind of things. And they're really, I guess, entering the space more on the point of view of um, what does a different audience look like? How can we go about commercialising that audience? That kind of thing. Um, so over in this market, uh, the Adelaide Football Club. Um, uh, purchased an esports team it has a league of legends team now a league of legends fan or a league of legends player um is n- by no means related to the afl as, as a sport and so it's really just a it's a matter of building out that you know that bigger club like you said um that we've seen with big european football clubs jumping into different sports um we are seeing sports starting to look at i guess esports and gaming in that's in that same way uh, you can have a you know a football club a basketball club, a netball club, and and an esports club in multiple titles. So uh, we we talk about esports as though it's one thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, from my limited experience, to me, it doesn't look like one thing. It looks like a uh, it's a bit um, it's a bit like kind of the same sport. Um, Correct. And that it, it's actually it's a mishmash, not only of different styles of games, but then. Is the, 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 the I'm not I'm not kind of aware of any proper or any kind of the, any organisation. It's also a bit of a, a a mixture of things. With lots of people trying to seeing an opportunity and trying to grab a piece of the pie. First off, from the gaming side, you've got to, you, we've, we've talked now about those, the games, the sports simulation games. You've you've touched on a few titles there, but yep. So we have the overhead tats, um, tactical games. Is that the right kind of term for it? So, I mean, I guess the first thing is you make a good point. Um, when people are talking esports, um, it is exactly the same as saying professional sports, right? So, um, the way that I describe it, um, you know, we have sport overall. Um, you or I, current restrictions withstanding, can go and throw a ball around in a park and we can be playing rugby or we can have a kick of a ball or we can be playing football. Um, but professional sports are... The, the, the very top where we have professionals playing and people watching whether that's the uh, the A-League or the NRL or the EPL or the NFL so you know that's what I term as you know professional sports and so yeah, and so, yeah so, so from a from a, a kind of um, terminology point of view folks that's the difference between gaming yep. and esports and correct. gamers and esports athletes correct yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. and then and I guess then the next piece is um you know, in the same way that there are many sports uh, professionally, there are many uh, titles that are that that are uh, that become esports. Um, so not all titles become esports. Um, if it's just a game that you play um, and you can't play against someone, it's never going to become an esport. Um, and so what we have seen is some particular titles, uh, like League of Legends, which is five v five capture the flag style. Um, uh, game or Fortnite is starting to become an esport where it's you know 100 people in and the last person standing wins. Um, 
those kind of things. We're seeing Rocket League. Uh, we're seeing first-person shooters uh, like Call of Duty, Counter-Strike, those kind of things. Uh, they're what have become, the, the, I guess, the top-tier esports, and we're starting to see um, some formation of, of some rigour around teams and franchises and leagues that sort of, um, to a certain degree, uh, simulate what we know in, in real sport. But uh, it's still in its relative infancy in, I guess, organisation. There's not the uh, federated structure of that we see in sport. Uh, there is no governing body that oversees everything um, because that's really the, the publisher. The person who creates the game, um, they own so much of the um, ecosystem. Um, you know, we don't have to hire courts. We don't have to uh, get equipment. Uh, all of these things, all of that is owned by the publisher. So it's a vastly different relationship uh, than, say, if we looked at football and FIFA and the leagues and the national bodies and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's vastly different in the world of esports. Well, so you don't need to buy anything. Um, the a, a gaming setup is it doesn't come cheap, does it? If you want to actually, if you want to, if you want to take take part, and you've I, you you have a team. We'll get onto that in a second. But yep. to 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 kit up a player. Um, now your and your guys play um, yep. League of Legends. I don't know if the kit. Obviously, the kit will will, will be different for a uh, a motorsport simulator. But I guess between the other games, I don't know if it's that different. But how much does it cost or for, for like the computer, the headset? Um, well, I guess what else do you need? Yeah, <laughs> to be a... um, I guess, you know, if I take, you know, League of Legends, um, it's so different, different games require different, uh, I guess, capabilities from a, from a PC point of view. Uh, so League of Legends is, a, is a primarily a PC game. It's one of the uh, most popular in the world. 110 million people play it um, on a monthly basis. Um, it's actually got a really low bar in terms of what PCs you need um, because they want it to be, you know, widely available and widely used. Um, so it does come down to, uh, you know, getting a good monitor and, uh, you know, having a, a appropriate internet speed so you can um, uh, play. Um, and funnily enough, you know, as a developer of on PCs 15 years ago, the, the price of PCs haven't changed. Just there's more more power in every box these days. So. You know, I think 15 years ago, I was telling people, if you want to buy a PC, you can spend about three grand and you'll get a pretty good PC. It's still roughly around the same. So, um, but most of the players who uh, find themselves rising up the ranks have a have a PC. They're playing on a PC. They're playing the game on a regular basis. Um, and they've normally got enough to, uh, to, to, to rise up the ranks and rise up the ladder um, to then be identified by professional teams. Okay, so, so you find actually you don't actually have, you don't need to kit out your, your players that, that, that you hire with, um, with, with with all that kit? Oh, well, it all depends on how your team's set up. Like, we've got a couple of our players that are, you know, our players are playing from home. Um, and if their computer and their setup isn't isn't ready for uh, practice and because they do a lot of their practice games and training at home, um, yeah, we've got we've got them a PC. But again, um, it's pr- pretty much most of them have a PC that they're, they're already running with um, because that's how they've got here in the first place. Yeah, but it would cost them what about three grand for a PC? Yeah, about, three or, another... four, about three or four grand is probably a, a decent investment in a in a gaming PC. Um, like, but like I said, if you want to play other games, um, you might want to look at upgrading your your graphics cards and the like um, to to uh, deal with the I guess the heavy graphics processing that some games have. Um, but yeah, in this in the case of League of Legends, you know they sort of they sort of brag that it can pretty much run on any uh, on any computer, uh, really low end. PCs to, to allow multiple people to play. 
Okay, so it can be a okay. So there, there is a barrier to entry, but it's not a crazy barrier. No. Um, like if you're the, the, if you're the, a PC, if you're a gamer and you've got a PC, you can play a lot of the games that are available. Now, obviously, we have things like Xboxes and um, PlayStation stuff. Can you be an e-gamer using those platforms, or do you have to be on a PC? Oh, no, no, you, you have to. I mean, uh, there might be gamers out there watching now that will be shaking their, shaking their heads because if you're a real true gamer, you've got to have a, you've got to have a PC. Oh, sorry, not e-gamer. E- I shouldn't say e-gamer. E- it's, it's a wrong term. No, sorry, that's right, athlete. but, it, but, it's, uh, but <laughs> the, there is a little bit of, um, there is, a, uh, I guess, a divide between uh, console gamers and PC gamers. Um, there are there are titles like Fortnite that, that do cross over um, where they um, gamers will be you know using a PlayStation or an Xbox those kind of things, um, but it does seem that the very top tier end up on a on a PC and a PC gamer. But that's again uh, that hasn't stopped you know and there are a lot of titles that are very very much console console driven and and they're very much that's the space that they play in. But from a but yeah but from a competitive. Uh, athlete point of view, we're talking PCs. Um, yeah, pretty much. So looking at um, uh, the actually, so so yeah, so you you, you mentioned those first sort of shooters. You said Rocket League. So Rocket League is that's the car. That's the cars football, bashing around soccer cars, balls. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's exactly. I mean, if you see it, you can. It's easy <laughs> to understand. Um, it's three. You know, you've got three different types of uh, wacky cars that are uh, pushing balls around and, and trying to score goals. Um, so. Very simple premise, uh, very you know simple to learn. You know, take some mechanics and things like that to, to get better at it. Um, but it's very you know it's very easy to watch. Uh, appeals to a younger demographic. Um, you can see why it becomes it has become an esport. And that's uh, well, they had a bit of controversy recently, didn't they, with um, some uh, players not being or, or not taking restarts and getting involved and um, sort of throwing their uh, rage quitting or. There was, yeah, there was some issues recently, it. but it's the same, um, I guess it's the same issues that uh, sport has has had, uh, you know, previously. And uh, I guess it's as more scrutiny and attention is coming on, I guess, esports and gaming, um, things like sports integrity and those kind of things um, <coughs> will come into will come into play uh, for sports. Yeah, and that's it, it is having to grow up very quickly, isn't it? Because it. Um, you, you, you've been in the, or you've you've had a team for about two years now, yep. or coming up to two years. Um, but uh, the, I, and I guess from a public consciousness point of view, that's probably sort of where it's sort of uh, it's probably been coming into public consciousness about a couple of years. Even though you have had professional game, professional esports stars um, for probably a decade or so now, I think. Yep. Um, and yeah, but there is yeah. There, uh, now that you can, I mean, Rocket League now, I believe, is you can gamble on it with the TAB and there's other other things. So that um, what's the word? Yeah, that, that yeah that, that maturation process is happening very fast at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there is uh, more attention brought to uh, esports as as things like sports gambling um, is allowed, um, and obviously there's some checks and balances there that the that all sports need to need to look at. Um, so it, I guess that has accelerated it, and I guess the attention of more fans is a lot of live sports has been shut down and eSports has been able to continue um, has just probably accelerated what was already happening anyway. So in the League of Legends space, because that's the, yep. the way you've got your team, um, and the team, as you can see on, on your jersey, there, oh, sorry, your yep. jacket there, so Gravitas yep. is the team um, that, that you have. So what, what, sort of, what league do they play in? So Gravitas um, made their debut in January 2018. Uh, we play in the Oceanic uh, Pro League, 
so that is a Riot Games League of Legends league. Um, it has eight teams in that league that represent uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, so players can uh, become coming from that from that pool. Um, it, it's played over two. Uh, two seasons for the year, two 10-week seasons. We've just wrapped up um, Split 1 um, just a couple of weeks ago with Legacy taking out the title. Um, and Split 2 is going to start uh, in early June. Um, and as I said before, um, normally the normally the games are played in a studio out of Sydney um, on a Friday and Saturday night. Um, but with the, with the coronavirus and the lockdown and, and those kind of things... Uh, we are able to move the production from a studio-based production to a purely online league. So all of the players, all the broadcasters, the referees, and everybody uh, were were dialed in online, um, and the broadcast moved from that in just a mere ten days. So we're able to keep the sport um, going and finish the season. Okay. So all right. So normally the the teams travel to Sydney, um, stay there for the ten weeks, um, or they or travel or or travel home each week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the teams. I mean, our team is based in uh, based in Sydney. So the guys would go into the studio there at Piermont, um, and you know, play play the game in two separate rooms. Um, you know, with uh, five computers in each room, um, and have their setup. They bring in their own. They've got their own keyboard and mouse setup uh, for each game. So that's what they're trained on. That's what they're familiar with. Um, and then the games happen at four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, and seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, and it's broadcast on Twitch and YouTube. Okay, so the, yours, the, the, the league you're involved in has two separate rooms. It's not in a um, an auditorium like we've like 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 we've seen some 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 of the leagues are set up in. No, yeah, so they're in yeah they're in two separate rooms. I guess again from uh, competitive integrity and those kind of things. So there's a lot of things there that you know all the players will be connected by a headset like this one, um, yep. and they'll be talking during the game. Um, you don't want the other team hearing. I guess the shot calling and the plans of the, of the team. So even um, if it is on stage, uh, which does happen um, at the end of the year, um, you know those types of things you can't have the teams hearing each other or being able to see uh, different parts of the map that they normally couldn't see in a game. So yeah, when it's a studio game, they're in two separate studios, they can't hear one another, um, and it you know creates the best competitive game. So you have a squad of seven players. Um, that makes uh, that, uh, and you, as you say, you have five five players in an actual uh, comp- competing at a time. So that's in case someone gets sick, or uh, and also to drive competitiveness. Yeah. So um, yeah. So this season we we've gone with a bi- uh, a bigger squad, um, partly because the guys are based in Sydney. Some of them are studying, uh, working when they when they can, and when they're not in lockdown. Um, and so we wanted to, uh, I guess, give different opportunities, both develop players. Um, and also give the coaches some flexibility in the in the lineup, um, so make it make it a little bit harder uh, to plan for. Um, and so yeah, so it, uh, we tried that uh, you know split one. Uh, unfortunately, we just missed out in the playoffs, but um, the guys performed quite well considering it was a pretty in- inexperienced lineup when we started the year. So how long do they get contracts for? Do you contract them for the year for a five-year contract? I mean, what, what's the? Um, how so does at that the work? moment, it's a, yeah, a year-to-year uh, contract. We can sign guys for up to for up to two years. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, early on, and we're in the the league is still developing. Um, so yeah, so we sign the guys guys for the year, um, and yeah, and it's a matter of them performing both in practice and and on stage to 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 keep playing. And how much? Ballpark do can can players earn in that league? 
Um, yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's uh, it it varies. I mean, it varies from team to team. Um, um, at the moment, um, you know, players um, effectively can you know be a, a part-time job. Effectively, it's like you know, 20 20 weeks. I probably liken it to probably semi-professional or maybe some of the lower league, um, uh, you know, football and, and, and basketball kind of things. Um, what we've done in year two is is tied a lot of what um, our players do to, I guess, the success of the of the business overall. So do we get sponsors in? Do we sell more memberships? Those kind of things. Um, and so the players can share in the, I guess, in the upside as, as Gravitas grows. Um, but it's yeah, it's still it's still developing. It again doesn't have the, I guess, the rigor um, of um, of a of an A league or a, or an MBL and those kind of things that have salary caps and and league deals and revenue sharing and those kind of things. It's still still developing at this stage. Okay. Um, now I was talking with uh, an, an esports reporter and saying that some some gamers or sorry some some athletes will earn more from or from their streaming. Um, themselves streaming their practices than they actually earn from if, if they don't if they don't win a tournament kind of thing. Um, do 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 your uh, do your athletes have sort of uh, strong brands themselves and and, and also uh, personal brands as well as the as well as the team brand? Um, again, it's a, that's a developing space, but streaming is definitely something that's very much synonymous with with gaming. So for those who don't know, streaming is um, a professional gamer or professional content creator playing a game, interacting with the audience, building out their brand. Um, and it definitely is an avenue um, for both esports as, as an industry uh, to, to reach and engage engage with fans. So um, as, as the players grow their own digital presence, which has pretty much happened in sport as players have built out their own digital audiences, uh, that will be more valuable to teams and, and will be another way for sponsors to connect with fans. So um, yeah, it's, our guys, we, you know, I'm doing a lot of in, uh, encouraging and also training that I've done with professional athletes with my guys to say, how can you engage on Twitter? How can you use platforms like Instagram? And then also, how can you engage your fans using platforms like Twitch for streaming? Cool. Um, the so this is so, so the league you're what you're you're in at the moment is a is Australia New Zealand. Is there a way of sort of winning that league and getting promotion to say uh, an Asia Pack or a, or a World League, or is it? Or, or is that just how this one's set up and it's separate from, from no, other leagues? No, uh, I guess that's the carrot. Um, uh, if you win uh, either split one or split two, you, as the Australian or the Oceanic representative, you get invited to an international tournament. So uh, the carrot for split one is uh, MSI, which is the mid-season invitational. Um, and the carrot for split two is the World Championships. So last year, the World Championships were held in, in Paris this year. Um, all things, you know, being equal, they'll be held in held in China, um, and so you know that is the that is the carrot. And I guess that's one of the unique things about esports. If Gravitas was a basketball club, there's no chance that they were ever going to be playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but if we were to win uh, the OPL, there's every chance we could play um, a top-flight League of Legends team um, out of Europe or Korea or China or North America. So um, it truly makes the sport uh, global. And those World Championships, League of Legends, um, that's like the biggest esports audience. Um, yeah, the ones you hear the big numbers for. And, yep. uh, you know, uh, two years ago, they were, um, you know, 30,000 people at the arena and millions of people watching online. And, you know, um, 
again, not quite sure how it's going to run this year, and mm. and and the plans are that it'll still be happening in China uh, in October. But uh, you know, we live in uncertain times. We do, but it'll still be. We're still talking hundreds of millions on um, viewers online, though. Whatever. Well, it's just more about it the logistics yeah. of, I guess, moving yeah. the players to a location where they can where they can play more than anything else. But yeah, really hopeful that uh, the world champs do come off. Um, so, all right. So you're just one step away from that. That's that's um, that's that's not far, really. Um, no, well, that's the, that's the thing. So, uh, unfortunately, the Melbourne Esports Open for this year, uh, 2020, has been postponed with the current it would normally take place in august but uh last year even though we didn't make we didn't make the grand final for the opl um it was really uh, exciting to see one of our players on the stage before um playing in a in a warm-up game before the grand final so for myself as a as a team owner uh to see a gravitas uh player on the same stage that uh you know roger federer um and you know big sporting moments have happened on that stage it was uh yeah, pretty pretty humbling, and you know, hopefully we'll see Gravitas on the on the world stage uh, some some time down the track. Cool. Well, um, so what kind of audience is is this? Is the Oceania League building uh, sort of uh, gathering now in these in sort of split one um, for for a for a game? Yeah, so it's um, so so it's it's got a bump recently uh, with mm. the, with the lockdown, um, but the audience overall is. Um, probably 16 to 24, maybe even a little bit uh, late, maybe even a little bit older. Um, League of Legends is quite is actually an old title. It's been around for 10 years now. So we've seen people grow up playing it, and now you know they're not playing it as often, so they're watching the game. Um, and then we have seen you know 60, 70,000 people be watching the games online on a Friday and Saturday. And so that's a mix. And then we've actually seen some of the you know big spikes around the finals. Um, as as more of the world is looking for something live to watch, uh, we actually had a you know um, six figures, you know, over a hundred thousand people watching watching the playoffs, and that was a mix of the oceanic um, audience, but then also people watching internationally. So, you know, we're hopeful that uh, some of that audience sticks around um, when you know all sport comes back and we've got more choice. Uh, but that is the opportunity that we've got this this audience that's growing up playing the game, then following it as an esport. You know, I'm really excited of what esports will look like in 10 years' time when we migrate this, you know, audience that is a 16, 17-year-old. That's the games that they're playing. What are they going to look like? Maybe esports is going to be their first choice of uh, of content that they watch. And that's, yeah, you make a very good point. There was a um, sort of stat saying that uh, the um, Super Rugby fans, um, you're 6% more likely to be a Super Rugby fan if you have grown up playing rugby. Yep. Um, so yeah. So if you yeah, if you do play something, you're much more likely to become a fan of it in the future. And hence, yeah, a title that can that can that can last for a long time, uh, keep updating itself, keep itself relevant, yep. um, has got a real chance of um, of, of building that of, of building that audience um, over time. Um, thank you very much. It has been a, an absolute pleasure to to, to learn about uh, the the esports environment, particularly um, the situation with League of Legends. Um, here uh, in, 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 in Oceania or in Aust- yep. Aust- Aust- Australia and New Zealand. I guess we also didn't forget that, forgot that you also have a, a bit um, I've seen a, a feeder a feeder's team into this as well where people can uh, other people can sort of learn to, to try and grow into a professional yep. team. Um, so it's not like you guys are the so Gravitas aren't at the basement level there is there's a number of levels beneath that as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, building yeah, all, Gravitas building all Academy. Up. 
Our Gravitas Academy team will kick off in, in a couple of weeks' time. And like you said, that's the, the Challenger series um, that is that supports the OPL. So that's where potentially uh, the next... The next uh, uh, the next level stars will will be found, and that's where we actually found a couple of the guys that play for our OPL roster right now. They were playing OCS last year, so we'll be using that to develop players and and potentially maybe see them on the on the big stages. Oh, just what, uh, finally, what kind of age are your players? So my uh, my players, our youngest player turned eighteen during split one. Um, uh, Nathan Puma, he, he's our youngest, and I think our oldest is twenty two. Or 23. So, um, yeah, oh, so they, from a... they, they do joke that uh, when you hit 24, you're old. But as someone who's far older than 24, I uh, quickly correct them that that 24 is not old. So, but uh, that that's sort of the age range of the professional players. Because uh, wasn't the, the winner of um, uh, was it was it the, 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 the Fortnite or something was was like 16 or 14 or yeah, something uh, around that? So yeah, yeah that that is um, the, that is the case. You know, there is there is younger uh, players um, in in a game like Fortnite. Um, um, in our case, um, players have to be um, over 16 to at least play professionally. So right, cool. Well, I say thank you very much um, for for your time. Uh, you do have a an esports podcast, so please let us know um, where people can can get a, their weekly or, or or frequent updates on on esports. Yeah, so um, I've got a podcast around my business, Sports Geek, around the world of sports and and digital. Um, because I've got an esports team, there's obviously a bit of a sprinkling of esports, but uh, it gives you a bit of behind the scenes of of the world of sport um, and the business of sport and how it operates. Um, lucky enough to interview people both here in Australia, uh, New Zealand, and, and I had a few guests from the US and um, and the UK and Europe. Uh, so you can find that on all good podcasting platforms, Sports Geek. Um, and then if you want to follow Gravitas, uh, you can go to gravitas.gg uh, to check out all things Gravitas. Our second season will start uh, in early June. Oh, sorry, I thought you had two podcasts. I knew you had the Sports Geek one. I thought you also had a... Um, but, but you do uh, YouTube updates on that Gravitas um, uh, site, de- don't you? So video definitely updates. Do. Yep. Definitely do. Yeah, so, um, yeah, all things... Yeah, look, Google Sports Geek or my name's Sean Callanan and you'll find plenty of uh, information and content around sports and esports. And support Gravitas, the orange machine. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for... Um, watching or for, for dialing into this um the long talk interview um don't forget you could to like the facebook page for more long form interviews with uh sports um players administrators coaches and other people who are involved and owners uh now um around the sports uh if you prefer to listen rather than watch then uh, search for new zealand sports radio on icast itunes um spotify your favorite podcast podcatchers we're out there Thank you very much for watching and uh, look out for the next version of The Long Talk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.